Hey, this is Krista Bontrager, and I'm your tour guide this year, 2013, for the Route 66 campaign for the Grace Church of Glendora. I hope you're enjoying the ride. Time to buckle your seatbelts, because we're ready for the next leg of the journey. Let's go! This week, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 28, up through Leviticus chapter 10. When we left off last week, we were reading a lot of the laws relating to worship. We read about the the offerings in the tabernacle. We read about the making of the Ark of the Covenant, a lot of specifications about that. But as you're going through all of this, remember our two little helpful hints of how to understand all the details of these laws. The laws either tell us one of two things. It's either there to tell us how to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, or how to love our neighbor as ourself. So remember that big picture as we continue through the law in the book of Exodus. We're going to be reading this week about the priestly garments and the making of the breastplate, the selection of the priests. We're going to read about the incense and atonement, a lot of laws in there related to that. And then we're going to get to chapter 32, and that's where you're going to want to really slow down the car a little bit, take in the view, because we're going to be reading the famous account of the golden calf and what happens when Moses comes down the mountain after God's given him all these laws, he comes down the mountain and what does he see? He sees the people engaged in these rituals around a golden calf. But at the end of chapter 32, what's interesting is Moses kind of comes along as the intercessor. He's kind of a, a foreshadowing of what Jesus will be in the New Testament. And he, he is an, an intermediate between God and the people. And he says, you know, you've committed a great sin, but I'm going to go up to the Lord in verse 30. And perhaps I can make atonement for your sins. And so he goes to plead with the Lord and the Lord forgives some of the people, but he, he punishes them for their sins. But God punishes the people for their sins, but he allows their children to live. And that that next generation is the one that will enter the promised land. So their sin is not without consequence, but yet in that God is gracious. And then we go on in chapter 32, some more laws and uh, while Moses is up on the mountain, he sees the glory of God. We learn about the feasts and more about the tabernacle and the Sabbath. And again, all of these things are to tell us how to love God, how to be in fellowship with him. And, you know, we think of intimacy today with God as we go to church and it's just so easy and natural. But Back then, if you wanted to go where God was, there was really only one place you could go. And th that was to the tabernacle. And even when you were in the tabernacle, you couldn't really fellowship with God in the most intimate way. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies one day a year. So really, there was only one man one day a year who was in the presence of God. And yet here today we are uh, with Christ and his sacrifice the book of Ephesians and the book of Hebrews that we'll see later in the year, 
that these things in the Old Testament were just types and shadows of what would be to come. And now we are in the very presence of God at all time. And we are we can boldly go into the Holy of Holies and approach the throne of God through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Ask yourself, how does this a precursor to Christ? How does Christ come later to fulfill this? And that's another question you can be asking yourself as you're going through it. So then in chapter 40, where the the tabernacle is finished, Moses is inspecting the tabernacle, and then the glory of God comes to rest in that tent. And isn't that a beautiful picture? Because in John chapter 1, it has an allusion to that, that Jesus is at that tabernacle. It says that he came and he dwelt among us. And in the original Greek, the verse there in John chapter one is that he came and he pitched his tent among us, that that God came to earth in human form and pitched his tent or tabernacled among us. That picture of the glory of the Lord coming and resting in the, in the tabernacle there in the wilderness at the end of chapter 40 is a, is a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do thousands of years later that he would come to earth and he would dwell and tabernacle among his people. But remember in that day and age, if you wanted to find God, be with God, be in the presence of God, there was only one address on earth where you could go to do that. And that was in the tabernacle. When Jesus comes, where is the glory of God? It's with Jesus. And if you wanted to be in the presence of God, you had to be in the presence of Jesus. And today in the church age, where are we? We are now the Holy The Holy Spirit dwells in his people and his people are now the temple of God. We are the dwelling of God on earth. And then God also has a greater temple in heaven where he dwells and where he is waiting for us there. And the, we see those figures in the book of Revelation. So all of that is to come. But this idea of the tabernacle and the temple is just so central to the Old Testament. So you're going to want to keep that in mind. Then we're going to be getting into Leviticus and we're going to be getting into in the first several chapters here, a lot of the nuts and bolts of the sacrificial system, all the different kinds of sacrifices and their purposes and how they were to be executed. And, but one thing to keep in mind is that all of these sacrifices, again, point forward to Christ. He will be the ultimate sacrifice, what the book of Hebrews calls the once for all sacrifice. And we will revisit all of these themes when we get to the book of Hebrews, a little bit in the book of Ephesians. But this lays the foundation so that you're ready to see it all from a new covenant perspective later in the Bible. But just as you're walking through these pages of Leviticus, just think if you were a Jew in the ancient world and you wanted to love God, This is what you had to do in order to show God your love. And it's not hard to understand how it would come to be very mechanical and and ritualistic. It's, It's not hard to understand how some people fell into a mindset that, well, if they did these steps, they could win God's favor and get his merit. It, it's not hard to, to see that. And yet we're going to find out later in scripture, he wants all of these sacrifices to come from our hearts. He not only wants us to do the right things, he wants us to have the right heart when we're doing it and have our attitude in the right place. 
we're going to round out the week in chapter 10 with this very strange story of the death of Nadab and Abihu. It's actually one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, even though it is a little strange, is that they offered incense that was unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. What is going on here? God strikes them down dead. It's a very interesting story. And again, it's it's like the story of the golden calf. God wants us to worship him. He wants us to worship the correct God, but he also wants us to worship the correct God correctly. And he had laid out all of these laws. The people just couldn't come to them on their own terms and do whatever they wanted to do. If they wanted to get creative with their sacrifice, that was not allowed. They had to do it in the correct way. This is very hard for us as Westerners. We're very into creativity and improvisation and doing our own thing. And, and hey, this is what my heart led me to do. And to some degree, that's, that's allowed and that's acceptable under the new covenant. But under the old covenant, God says, no, I want you to worship me a particular way at particular times and in particular places. So that'll be the end of the week there in uh, chapter 10, the death of Nadab and Abihu. Lots to see this week. There's going to be some heavy sledding along the way. Don't let it get you down. Be sure to check out the website. Ask a question there. You can go to grace-church.com and see some of the resources there. If you haven't yet, download the version onto your iPhone or your Android phone. You can hear it spoken out loud as you're driving around doing your errands during the day, or maybe you're just more of an oral person and you like to hear it read to you. That's great. That's how it was originally done in uh, the olden days, thousands of years ago. People go to the synagogue and, and hear the law read to them. You could kind of put on the mindset for a little while of an ancient Jewish person sitting in the synagogue, listening to the great laws being read to you. That would be kind of neat. Just notice what comes up for you. Notice how it's a different sensation than just reading reading the text really quickly in your Bible. Now's a good time to also maybe try a different translation of the Bible. Maybe you've been in the NIV for a while. Maybe try the New Living Translation. That's another good one. The New English Translation, that's a good one. Pastor John likes to use the English Standard Version, the ESV. A lot of options out there. I encourage you to try something different on. It's kind of like trying on a new hat or a new pair of shoes. See how it fits. Maybe uh, it'll, it'll go a little smoother for you. But all in all, I hope you're enjoying the journey. Make sure to take some snapshots along the way. Write some things down in your journal this week. What are you thinking about? What are you wondering about? Be an active participant in this whole process. And remember, most of all, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to empower you and to understand God's word in a new way. I hope you found this podcast helpful. I look forward to your feedback and we'll see you next week. Are we?